Almighty Yahweh, we're so thankful that you, you have called us out, Almighty Yahweh, to worship you in spirit and in truth. We'd like to ask a blessing, Almighty Yahweh, on this message. Let the words be yours, Almighty Yahweh. Help us to glean whatever we can from these words, Almighty Yahweh, so that we might put your words into practice. Help us to be doers, Almighty Yahweh, and not just hearers. And we thank you, Almighty Yahweh, for all those that tune in every Shabbat. They give us motivation to work harder, to present, Almighty Yahweh, your message in a way that others can understand, Almighty Yahweh, especially those who are hungering and desiring, Almighty Yahweh, to learn more of you. We thank you for using us, Almighty Yahweh. We ask that you look past our transgressions, Almighty Yahweh, and please accept our worship. Thank you for blessing the musicians and the edification we receive. And also, Almighty Yahweh, we ask a special prayer for those that have a special need, whatever it might be, whether it be trials, tribulation, whether some be on the fence. We ask that you send them a special blessing, those that are alone with no one to worship. And also, Almighty Yahweh, may you be with those that recently made a commitment to keep your word, Almighty Yahweh, and, and to just worship you and to teach others about the things that they learned. May we never forget those things, Almighty Yahweh, that you took from us that help us to become better. We thank you, Almighty Yahweh, and we ask you all these things in the name of your precious Son, Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may all be seated. You know, Yahweh certainly has ways to teach us different lessons. You look at the screen, and uh, this is a catchy thing here. Uh, when I came up with this title, I thought, well, you know, it might seem a little negative to some. And I worked the night shift, and a lot of times on Fridays I have, I mean, a whale of a time just trying to get sleep on Friday night. Sometimes I wake up middle of the night, maybe 12, 1 o'clock. I can't go back to sleep because my body still wants to, you know, move and, and, and work. And so one minister has said that when this thing happens, you wake up, you can't go back to sleep, besides it being insomnia. That's Yahweh. He wants to speak to you because you're so busy. You're running around a lot of times. You don't have time to sit and meditate. Just like a couple of these songs that we sang, if you didn't notice, two of them said, Worthy is the lamb that was slain. So Yahweh said it more than once. So there's a message behind it. So I posed this question. I asked myself, bro, are you in bondage? Because, I mean, it's a tough situation. Um, but see, the way Yahweh works, uh, two faces to the coin. And uh, before, before I get into this, I asked three questions. One of them was, former co-worker, she lives in Denmark, another one is a current co-worker, and another one was a family member. And I said, what kind of music do your children listen to? And then the two other questions, who are the role models and why? 75% said the parents are the role models. And I said, that is pretty cool because we have social media now. It just blew up like crazy. And, you know, you have 
um, athletes, you have musicians. So they could have picked anybody out of all of that. You know, you see it on TV, you hear it on the radio, you hear it by word of mouth. And uh, for people, for the parents to say that they were their kids' role models, that, that means that they're involved in the life of the children, and that's good. And we're not even talking about people in the faith. We're talking about people outside of the faith. So that scripture says, train up a child in the way that he should go. When the parents are the role models, what are the kids going to learn? They're going to imitate the parents, whether it's good or bad. A traumatic experience can affect our futures. You don't believe it? Talk to somebody that's been through a traumatic experience. I was about nine or ten. I can't remember the exact age. I had a traumatic experience. And it's something that now is out in the limelight. It's out there. You can't run. If you're out there abusing kids, taking advantage of your power, of your influence, it comes out. And you can't run. You can't hide. And we can't depend on public opinion. So does it affect the futures? Yep, all this lines up because that's how some people end up addicted to drugs and other things. And when you speak from experience, that helps you, even though at the time it might have hurt you. You know, Yahweh used a situation like that. You still have time to get up and be a better person. So then the question is, are you in bondage? Is this just for people that are going to the Sunday church? Is this just for people that are out there in the world? They don't know Yahweh. They don't care about Yahweh. Well, I asked this question to myself first. Because when you're working a lot, sometimes you look for an escape. What is that escape? And, you know, I asked uh, Brother Sanchez, I said, can you sing I'm No Longer a Slave to Fear before the sermon? Because I thought, you know, that would patch it up real nice. But yet, came to my rescue was excellent. Because if you answer yes to this question, then Abba has a solution. I want to read some scriptures, and what I want to do is, you could follow along. I'll give you the scriptures. I want to read them. Uh, two of them are one right after the other, but they're from different chapters, but the same book. And then we'll take off from here. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up to Elohim by reason of the bondage. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am Yahweh, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which he came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand Yahweh brought you out from this place, and there shall no leavened bread 
be eaten. So we kept the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and that was great. And here we have a message where it was prophesied to Abraham that the people of Israel were going into bondage, and Yahweh was going to judge that nation. So if you answer yes, because the question is, are you in bondage, yes or no? I'll bombard you with a lot of questions, but we'll get to the matter of it. If you answer no, then why not? Why are you not in bondage? If yes, what are you in bondage to? How do we get out of the madness? Well, we read those scriptures, and uh, I'll give them to you here. Exodus 1.14, 2.23, 6.5-6, .6, and 13.3. And what is awesome about that is that you could just read it just like that. It reads just like a book, just like a chapter. These are different verses from different chapters, but Exodus 1.14, 2.23, 6.5-6, .6, and 13.3. So maybe you are in bondage, the wrong kind of bondage to sin. If you cry out to Almighty Yahweh, we can go to the scriptures and we can see that he has heard the people's cry. And they went back into bondage because of sin. But Yahweh is still in the process of delivering his people. I asked one brother if he was in bondage and he said, if you are in debt, you are in bondage. The borrower is servant to the lender. Proverbs 22.7. And that also uh, is a curse from Deuteronomy 28. And I believe you can find that in Leviticus 23. Where this is what's going to happen to the Israelites. When you get steeped in sin, what happens? You become the tail instead of the head. So Egypt in scripture represented bondage just like Babylon represented confusion. And you know, one brother said, unforgiveness leads to sin. It took me a little while to, to digest that, but if, if you're not forgiving others for what they do to you, what does that do? That leads to being bitter, right? Because it's all about control. Sometimes we want to control how other people act towards us. We think that maybe if I hold a grudge, he will come to his senses or she will come to his senses. So bitterness keeps us in a form of bondage. And you say, well, I'm not a bitter person. Yeah, but if you talk to a person who is bitter, you understand that. And if you are that person, then, you know, you can speak to others from experience because Yahweh can deliver you from that. So there's two sides to this message. I first started out and I thought, well, let's go in there and uh, investigate, you know, about people being in bondage. Well, we'll look at some definitions here. And that was my, that was my disclaimer. Psalm 25, verse 1, those who trust in Yahweh are like Mount Sion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. This is... This is coming out of whatever bondage you are in. You trust in Yahweh and nothing can move you because you have Yahshua on your side. Yahshua gives you strength. You could do things that you didn't think you were able to. You might, maybe you're a shy person. Well, Yahweh gives you the ability. Yahshua gives you the ability to go up to a person and speak 
about the words of Yahweh and be humble about it. And also, you might get something positive that comes out of it. You might have spoke to a person years ago, and here they are, you know, in the faith, baptized and participating. Let's look at some definitions. And this is one thing that I thought was interesting. I went to the Noah Webster's 1828 excellent uh, dictionary. Uh, for bondage, it says slavery or involuntary servitude, captivity, imprisonment, restraint of a person's liberty by compulsion in ancient English law, villainage, obligation, tie of duty. And even gives us an example. He must resolve not to be brought under the bondage of observing oaths or vows. Remember, if you make a vow, you have to go through with it. I was not pleased when we make vows, we don't go through with it. Even the smallest little thing, I'll call you later, I'll see you later. In Scripture, spiritual subjection to sin and corrupt passions or to the yoke of the ceremonial law. We can touch on that later. Servile fear and you know, this thing is, uh, this uh, dictionary is excellent because it gives us scriptures that you can write those down. Hebrews 2, Galatians 2, and Romans 8. You can go there, and this is what it's talking to us about. Also in the Strongs, number 56, 56, we have the word uh, bondage from 56, 47, work of any kind. Act, bondage, bond, servant, effect, labor, ministering, ministry, office, service, servile, servitude, tillage, use, work, raw, the brown, the brown driver brings labor, service, labor, work, labor of servant or slave, labor, service of captives or subjects, service of Elohim. I forgot to blot that out. Part of speech, noun, feminine. And then you also have the Greek, uh, a slave, 1401, literally or figuratively. Involuntary or voluntary, frequently, therefore, in a qualified sense of subjection, subserviency, bondman, or servant. So you look at some of these words, you look at how some of them are used. We do that in the scripture studies. You think that a word means one thing, and guess what? Abba shows you that it means something else. So it's not necessarily a bad thing to be in bondage. If you're a servant of Yahweh, <laughs> the scriptures will teach you. Uh, we'll, we'll go through these. Uh, it, it came out beautifully how, how Yahweh works this. So obligation, tie of duty. Did you make an obligation to Almighty Yahweh when you were immersed, when you stood up here and you answered four questions? You made a bow to Almighty Yahweh. So you came out of bondage from the world, and now you're a servant of Yahweh. It's not a bad thing. Trust me. Yahweh gives you many, many benefits. That would be our last slide. What I did, I didn't put the scriptures in here, so let's go through this, and let's see what we can find. Let's go to Acts chapter 8. We already covered the Israelites. They were in bondage. They cried to Almighty Yahweh, why were they in bondage? Yahweh did that for his purpose because Yahweh wanted us to see his power. Yahweh executed vengeance on the deities of Egypt. They were holding the Israelites in bondage and he showed Pharaoh who was the boss. And he's still showing us who is the boss. He's putting people in place, but he's taking them down. When Yahshua comes back, they're really going to see who the boss is. 
in Acts chapter 8. We'll take uh, 18 to 23, but the story starts in verse 9. And uh, here we read the sad story of Simon the sorcerer. And though he was baptized and had hands laid on him, he was still drawn to the lust of power. Could you imagine that? Acts chapter 8, we'll start in verse 18. It says, Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me this power too, so that when I lay my hands on someone, he will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter told him, May your money perish with you because you thought you could obtain Yahweh's free gift with money. You have no part or share in what we're saying because your heart isn't right with Yahweh. So repent of this wickedness of yours and pray to Yahweh that if possible your heart's intent may be forgiven you. For I see that you're being poisoned by bitterness and you're a prisoner of wickedness. Imagine the minister telling you this right after you just got done being baptized. This teaches us a big lesson. And I went straight for this because we could see somebody that was formerly, he was practicing sorcery. He thought it was something great. The people believed in him. So he repents. He heard the words of Yahweh from the apostles. I mean, from Philip. You know, it touched him to the point where it says he got baptized. And he had the hands laid on him. And right after this, he wants to pay so that he could lay hands on people and they get the Holy Spirit. Peter said, no. He said, your heart's intent may be forgiven you. He said, your money perish with you. He said, you're being poisoned by bitterness. You're a prisoner of wickedness. So, question. Was he in bondage? He just got baptized. As one brother once told me, just because you're baptized does not mean you're converted. This is something that once you're baptized, that's when you go to work. That's when you start to learn to crawl. You just, a new, a new baby boy, you know, a, a, a baby that was just born when you got baptized. You might know a lot of scriptures. You might know a lot of things. But we warn people, when you get baptized, you got that bullseye on your back. Satan is coming for you. He's not going to stop until your life is done. And he does this with all of us. He does this with our loved ones that are outside the faith. The deceitfulness of sin will get us every time if we're not paying attention. See, this sorcerer, he didn't go into the covenant with the right frame of mind. And I've noticed that there are some people, you know, after you get baptized, think about when you got married, what a beautiful day that was. Think about when you had your first kid, what a beautiful time that is. That's how it's supposed to be when you get baptized. The scripture says that he who loves less, you know, Yahweh forgave him less things. The one who you know, loved a lot. Yahweh forgave them a lot. And so you just came out the water and you're still the same. Then it's not Yahweh's fault. It's on us. So who we're going to blame in that situation? Well, maybe he shouldn't have got baptized. 
Maybe it was just emotional. Whatever the case may be, we have our example right here. And we have our example with the Israelites. Yahweh is working, but it's up to us. We have to ask ourselves, what am I in bondage to? I witnessed firsthand grown men in this faith leave a congregation because they didn't receive a position of leadership. Ain't that something? And I was involved indirectly because they chose me a leader. Why? Hey, listen, I just come and, I, and I'm humble. And so, you know, people got offended. People got upset. They left. And when you ask them, why did you leave? Well, I wanted to be the preacher. I wanted to be the main guy there. I didn't get the promotion. What are you in bondage to? You like power? You like prestige? As we heard recently, we must bear fruit worthy of repentance. To you, something might be a small thing. To Yahweh, he might keep you out of the kingdom. Almighty Yahweh says in his word that his word will not return void. I do hope that somebody out there, maybe they're struggling with whatever. Don't pay attention to the one giving the message. Pay attention to the message. Pay attention to the scriptures, to the word. They're going to guide you. And pray that the Holy Spirit will influence you in a positive way. We need to make our calling and election sure. I believe we all have sinned and come short of the glory of Yahweh. But I also believe that the household of faith, we recognize our sin and we always strive to repent You don't want to leave any sin unrepented of when Yahshua comes. And we hate to see humans, people that we know and love, made in the image of Yahweh. They just kick the truth to the curb. But everyone must answer for his own doings. Here's a couple of scriptures. Proverbs 10.21 and also Proverbs 22.13. Proverbs 10.21, Proverbs 22:13 The lips of the righteous feed many but fools die for want of wisdom. The slothful man saith there's a lion outside I shall be slain in the street I can't work right now Are you kidding me I'll get a virus I'd rather stay home I heard this from a coworker What are you doing Oh I'm home why the virus You're not working You have a wife and family There's work out there, plenty of work out there. So the lips of the righteous, they feed many. How many did Yahshua feed? He didn't have to give them manna. He fed them with truth. He fed them with humility. He healed many. That's how some came to the truth. We read that in the the evangel. These people are crying out, son of David. I want to be able to see the people are saying, hey, be quiet. See, they can see, so it's not a problem for them. So we can't hold other people back when they're asking certain questions. As far as worship of Almighty Yahweh is concerned, some want to go back to the ceremonial law, even in 2021. It's unbelievable. Even though we shake our head in disappointment, nothing should really surprise us. Some people see no problem Obeying and defending man-made traditions, 
which are clearly unscriptural. Where is it in the scriptures? Well, it's not there, but you know, I got to keep my children happy. The yoke of Yahshua is much better than bondage to the flesh. Remember, you know, we have those things that Yahweh hates. Six things which Yahweh hates in Proverbs. One of them is pride. Yahweh hates it when we put our pride above him rather than just say, you know what? I was dead wrong in what I believed. The scriptures point that out. That's all you got to do. Acknowledge that we're wrong if we're wrong. Galatians 5.1. We'll take Galatians 5.1. You know, Paul, he struggled with this because, you know, Paul was a Pharisee. He was circumcised. And then he has a job to go teach the Gentiles. And then... He's telling grown men, hey, listen, you don't have to go out and get physically circumcised, bro. We have baptism now. And he explains it clearly, and he's not going against Torah. But yet, Galatians 5.1, some people insist. The Messiah has set us free so that we may enjoy the benefits of freedom. So keep on standing firm in it and stop putting yourselves under the yoke of slavery again. I overheard Brother Bannock last week talking about this. It's okay for a grown man to go and get physically circumcised. There's nothing wrong with that. But not for salvation purposes when you have Yahshua as the Messiah who cleanses you from all sin. Peter, you know, was talking there when they were meeting in Acts 15. He says, to some of them, why do you want to put these grown men back in this situation when our forefathers couldn't even handle it? Could you imagine being, what was it, 99 years old and getting physically circumcised? Even 13 years old. Ouch, just thinking about it. We're talking about some heavy-duty pain here, you know? Abba is touching you there. And he's saying this is for a covenant. So for salvation purposes, you know, we have Yahshua. But like I said, some people insist. To this day, you will find people that would tell you, no, you need to go and get physically circumcised. So Galatians 5.1, that's what, you know, Paul is trying to explain to the Galatians. Listen, don't go backwards. You are already baptized into Yahshua. Why do you want to go back? That's part of the ceremony where you have to kill animals. That's the part that Yahshua set us free from, from killing innocent animals. The rest of the law, we can keep it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Can we keep that? Is that possible in this day? Can I love you as myself? Very possible. Yahweh requires it. In Second Peter 2, 18, 2 Peter 2.18, we can add this to what Paul was going through. Peter was going through this. Peter was warning us what was about to happen, just like Paul. And this is what some people would tell you. 2 Peter 2.18, For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. And here is my clincher. 
For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. Whatever it is that has you, whatever it is that is keeping you from being perfect before Almighty Yahweh. Like I said, to you, it might be a small thing. To Yahweh, it might keep you out of the kingdom. So you have preachers that are telling you this. They come to us. They speak swelling words of vanity. Hey, you need to become a Jew, circumcised in the flesh. That's not what Yahshua said. He fulfilled everything in the Torah. Of course he was circumcised in the flesh. But when he taught Paul, he taught him differently. He said, listen, now we're under the Melchizedek priesthood. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the Melchizedek priesthood that uh, Abraham was under when he gave him a tithe of everything. So freedom to worship Yahweh through Yahshua. That's where we're at. Yahshua worshipped Yahweh in spirit and in truth. He served the brotherhood. He even paid his taxes, but was never in bondage to anything foreign to the law of Yahweh. Go through the scriptures and read it. Yahshua kept the whole Torah perfectly. This co-worker wanted to argue with me because I told him I will work on Sunday. He says, why are you going to work on Sunday? That's the day of the resurrection. I said, hold on a minute. I said, everything in its place. I said, if you know mathematics, all your mathematics have to add up. And Yahshua has to be the perfect sacrifice. Otherwise, he's no good. And I said, I'll leave it at that. We can come together at another time. And on top of that, I want two witnesses on that discussion. He said, no, we don't need no witnesses. We, de- we need witnesses. Trust me. Because we're going to cover some topics that, of course, some Christians don't believe like us. And that's just a matter of fact. So when we discuss scriptures, you know, let's stick to the scriptures. Let's leave out Google and uh, let's leave out commentaries. Let's go right to the scriptures. And we'll have our two witnesses. 1 John 2.6. John 2.6. We say we love Yahweh. We say we love Yahshua. Some call him Jesus. They call him another name. They say they love him. They say they, they follow, you know, the Almighty. But 1 John 2.6 says, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. So let's make a chart. How did Yahshua walk? When they came to him and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What did Yahshua say? What did he quote from? He didn't quote from Paul or Peter, right? He went right to the source in Deuteronomy. He said, you got to worship Yahweh with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And you have to love your neighbor as yourself. Yahshua did that. Everything. That's why he gave his life. Because he loved Yahweh so much. He gave his life. So that we might have a chance. So that we can get out of whatever bondage we're in. If you're in debt, work on it. Get out of debt. I have debt. You have to get out of it. You know? And then if we made like Covenants that were not right to Almighty Yahweh. Ask Almighty Yahweh to deliver us from these covenants that we made. 
Yahshua always obeyed the instructions in the first five books of Moses. But the Levitical priesthood changed when he arose. We try to explain that to people, but they don't want to hear it. Just like in the study in Isaiah 30. They say, no, no, don't tell me the truth. Give me these stories. I want to hear stories. I don't want to hear the real deal. You mean I, that means I have to obey Yahweh. That means I can't work on Sabbath. That means I have to keep the feast. That means I can't have my ham sandwich. Anything, whatever it is that is hindering you. It doesn't just have to be material things. Over in First uh, Thessalonians 3, 4. And also 2 Timothy 3.12. Sometimes I'll do this. I'll copy and paste these scriptures and I'll just read them. And I mean, it sounds like the same person wrote it or it was written to the same person. 1 Thessalonians 3.4 and 2 Timothy 3.12. It says, For verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass. And you know what happened last year. We all know what happened last year. People are still suffering from what happened last year. Yea, and all that will live piously in Messiah Yahshua shall suffer persecution. So when you got baptized, yeah, you know, we gave you a hug and we fellowshiped with you. But we also warned you. We warned you ahead of time. We warned you afterwards. And this is what Paul is telling the Thessalonians. We told you before that you should suffer tribulation. It came to pass. Did we not suffer tribulation last year? I mean, last week, you know, we were singing, and I thought to the time when there was only four, five people in the room. Now the room is packed. This is the way that it should be, so we can praise Yahweh. People were at home. People were scared. People are still at home. People are still scared. And now they want to try to coerce the people that don't want to get the vaccination. No, we'll bring it to you. You don't have to come to us. You see, and then when we start sharing truth and when we say, listen, I have a right to make an educated choice and I choose not to get vaccinated. It's not personal. The last time, well, when I stopped taking the flu vaccine, I never got the flu after that. I thought to myself, you know, I asked them, what's in that vaccine? Oh, it's just the flu. So you're giving me the flu so that I don't get the flu. And now that I don't take the vaccine, I haven't got it. Praise Yahweh. That was an educated choice that I made even before I came into the faith. Just like when I decided, you know what? I'm just sick and tired of eating pork. It doesn't have to be that I'm a Muslim or a, a Jehovah Witness. It doesn't have to do anything with that. It has to do with diet. So I did that. And Yahweh revealed to me his name after that. You see? You take that first step. Maybe your first step is reading the scriptures. So Yahweh has been teaching us many lessons as we walk through some tough patches. Some people, you know, they, they, they've been going through some real tough times physically. Real tough times. Having a hard time 
you know, getting up, walking, and they're still here in the assembly, fellowshipping. That says a lot for their character. That means that they love Yahweh that much. That means that they love the brotherhood that much. They want to be here fellowshipping with us, learning about Yahweh. And at the same time, they're teaching us, you know, that, oh, you know, I got a little bit of pain, a little bit of pain there. So? That's what Yahweh does. He gives us a little pain, you know, to deal with. Sometimes our pain is getting through to people. As we heard here recently, Abba has to open the people's eyes before they can receive that word. If they don't want to hear it, don't preach it to them. Don't waste their time. Don't waste your time. Don't waste Yahweh's time. And if it is in his timetable, maybe later they will come around. Whatever bondage you're in, Yahweh can take you out. Romans 8, 20 to 23. Romans 8, 20 to 23. The other face of the coin will come up here soon. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because a creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of Yahweh. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Many brothers out there suffering, Yahweh will send you comfort. It might be a hug from a brother or a sister. It might be a kind word. It might be to tell you that we ourselves, maybe if we're not suffering in other people's shoes, we find encouragement, you know, at the faith that people have. They say, I don't care what the evil one hits me with, like Job. I'm still going to worship Yahweh. I'm still going to come to the assembly. I don't have any money, but I'm still going to find a way to come to the feast. That's what Yahweh is looking for. This scripture reminds us of how frail we are. Life becomes more peaceful when we stop fighting against Yahweh on purpose. It's a thing not to know Yahweh. It's a thing to be ignorant. But then it's different. When you're like Simon, the sorcerer there, he fought against Yahweh on purpose because he wanted power. And there's some people, they're in those shoes. Sometimes Yahweh has to bring them down a notch. Paul had a lot of power. He's a good example. You know, he was throwing people in jail. He was forcing people to blaspheme Almighty Yahweh. What happened, he knew a lot. But Yahweh had to teach him. Listen, you're using all that, you know, for negative. You need to use it for positive. First uh, Corinthians six twelve is not dealing directly with this topic, but it's an interesting scripture. I thought it would fit. First Corinthians six twelve. You know, Paul was telling the Corinthians, "Hey, listen, you guys are allowing, you know, some stuff here that uh, even the Gentiles don't don't do. What's going on here? Everything is permissible for me." But not everything is helpful. Everything is permissible for me, 
but I will not allow anything to control me. You know, that's pretty blunt and to the point. You know, Apostle Paul had a, a mindset. Once he got converted, he said, that's it. I'm not going back to that old way of life. I don't care if these old Pharisees chase me. How many times did he get stoned? How many times was he shipwrecked? And he didn't care. He said, I'm just, just keep going. I mean, he said right here, I will not allow anything, anything that's negative to Almighty Yahweh to control him. That's the mindset we need to have. It's easier said than done, but we could do it. Moses did it. The prophets did it. This is an excellent mentality to have. Paul was having to explain to former pagans and hardcore sinners alike to be like him. Paul said, follow me, but he said, as I follow Yahshua. So that's why we consider him. As some say, he was in Messiah 100%, not part-time. We looked at being in bondage to sin, which is negative, but the same word can mean servant. So then, who is in bondage? Is it only people of the world? If so, what is it people are in bondage to? What is it? Which one is it? Why are some people held hostage? Is it because they have no light in them? Maybe some people forget that being held captive is dangerous when it's spiritual. How many people, I said this before, how many people in prison right now are free? Because whatever they did, they repented. Even if they have to serve out the rest of their sentence, they repented. They're free. And then a lot of times, those people that they hurt, those people are in bondage because they won't forgive. I mean, it's, it's not going to be easy. We're not saying that, you know, somebody takes the life of your loved ones. Oh, we'll just welcome him to our assembly. No problem. You know, everything is fine. No, it's not going to be easy. But you have to go to Almighty Yahweh and ask him to help you. Like I said, you know, that traumatic experience, it still haunts me right now. I got to sometimes stop myself. Because when I was younger, I said, well, if I go and I do something terrible to this person, I'm going to be locked up in prison. I don't need that, you see? So I said, you know what? Let Yahweh deal with him because he'll do better justice. So then, salvation is a free gift, but how do we prove our worth? Because a lot of people are telling us, hey, you're in bondage. You're trying to be Jewish. What are you doing? See, they forget Messiah was Jewish. So how can you talk negative about something Jewish when the Messiah was Jewish? And you say that, you know, he's your salvation. Even though you might call him by a different name. So how do you prove your worth when you do things that are not in the scriptures? How do you answer to Yahweh about that? Hebrews 11 shows us the champions of this walk. They showed their faith by their works. Abraham was told, sacrifice your firstborn. He said, all right, where? Where you want me to do it? When? When you want me to do it? 
He said, yeah, but come on, you know, I waited so long for this kid, you know. Well, he said, what about Ishmael? Nope, not Ishmael. He just went and he did it. It says that he knew that he was going to receive him back in one way, shape, or form. So he just trusted in Almighty Yahweh. Is a family member holding us back? Maybe. Maybe we compromise just a little bit, you know. We got to keep so-and-so happy. What agreement has Yahshua with Baal? None. None at all. Actually, Yahshua said that when the spirit came, the evil one was judged, boom, right then and there. And that's why the spirit convicted us. If we were not raised in this faith at some point, the spirit convicted us and said, hey, you're not walking in the right way. And it showed us, you know, where to go, where to get the information, where to make the covenant, and so on. Over in 2 Corinthians 4, 5, 2 Corinthians 4, 5, we have, you know, the apostles, they gave everything up to serve the brethren. So they were not in bondage to their livelihood. You know, Peter and his brother, they were fishermen. They put that to the side. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 5, For we do not proclaim ourselves... But Messiah, Yahshua, the master, and ourselves, your servants, for the sake of Yahshua. So those of you watching across the pond, that's why YRM does what they do. We're at your service, and we appreciate you all, you know, tuning in, giving us positive feedback. I always find it disappointing when I see thumbs down, and I wonder who did that, because I... You know, with all the work that the brothers do, I look at it from, you know, I, I take a step back and I look and I say, man, that's, that was a good job. That was excellent. You know, the brothers, they put the thing together. They practiced. You know, the ministers, they do their homework. They have the experience. What happened there? Well, I mean, it's, everybody has their opinion, right? The book of James says if we lack wisdom... Ask for it in faith. While we are at it, ask for motivation to do the right thing at all times. If we slip and make a mistake, own up to it. That's what forgiveness is about. I'm sorry that I offended you. Please forgive me. I'm sorry that I was out of line. Please forgive me. That's what we do when we go to Almighty Yahweh, Almighty Yahweh. I failed you. You gave me an opportunity to succeed, and I failed you. I didn't take advantage of the opportunity. Maybe you had an opportunity to come to the feast, and you didn't. You missed out on a blessing. So that's what, there's one thing that sets people of this faith apart. You could be a sinner, but are you a repentant sinner? When you realize that something is holding you back, you know, and Yahweh teaches us these things through physical situations, like at work. Maybe you had an opportunity to move up, and it didn't happen. What do you do? You get upset, you go shoot up the place, like some people do. They get upset. You know, we've been seeing it over and over and over. What's wrong with the people? Well, we go back to the question we asked. What kind of music 
do we listen to? What kind of role models do we have? Is that rapper over there my role model or that baseball player? Maybe a preacher is my role model, but maybe I elevate him to an Elohim. See, we can't do that. Somebody that you look up to that actually admits, I failed. I made you a promise, and I messed up. I'm not able to keep my promise. Children respect that a lot. Yahweh never fails us, though. That's the thing about Yahweh. And that's why we love Yahweh. Because if he tells you, I'm going to do it, I'm going to be there. He's going to be there. He's going to do it for you. If he tells you that he's going to send you salvation, he did it. Now you have to accept. Sometimes we're too prideful. Oh, I can't take that gift from you. I take the gift, I say. I take donations. 1 Corinthians 7.21. A lot of times, you know, we feel like, oh, you know, I, I can't, you know. It's actually, you know, on the person that, that is giving up something that they love to someone else is more beneficial a lot of times. First uh, Corinthians 7.21, it says, Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. This applies to people that are in prison. Maybe you're in servitude to someone. For he that is called in the master being a servant is the master's free man. Likewise, also he that is called being free, for instance, us, we're not in prison, right? We're Messiah's servant. We're Messiah's slave. We're in bondage to Messiah. It's not a bad thing. Ye are bought with a price. Be ye not servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with Yahweh, you weren't circumcised, you were over 20, you got baptized. You could do it for health reasons, but don't do it for salvation reasons. That's what it's saying there. We could still apply this scripture if for whatever reason we are held against our own will. Somebody's holding you against our own will. We heard stories, um, you know, a father kidnapping his own daughter, holding her hostage for, I don't know, 10, 20 plus years, she never saw the daylight. She had kids, they never saw the daylight. They don't know what daylight is being held against their own will. And they found freedom somehow. Praise Yahweh. We found freedom at such and such a time. Yahweh blessed us. Romans 6.16, Do you not know that to whom you present yourself servants for obedience, you are servants of the one whom you obey, whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness. And I like this one because it's very blunt. But thanks to Elohim that you were servants of sin. Why? Yet you obeyed from the heart that form of teaching to which you were entrusted. And having been set free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. When you were sinning, you were all in. But now... You did a 180, and now you're serving Yahweh with your whole heart. So Paul respects that, and he tells people, yeah, so what? You were in sin, but now Yahshua has redeemed you. So take advantage 
of the opportunity. Like that story that uh, Alan shared, you know, when they offered that prisoner freedom. You know, there's the door. You can either go out or you can stay. And he was so scared, he stayed. And what was behind the door? Freedom. I'm sure he was kicking himself, you know. This scripture has much significance when you decide to enter into covenant with Almighty Yahweh. This is the scripture that uh, the elders read from over there in Romans chapter 6. It has, you know, a lot of things to say about baptism. You enter into covenant with Almighty Yahweh and Yahshua. That's why you listen to what he said, because he did what Yahweh told him. The Messiah said we cannot serve two masters. Try it. I guarantee it. You're not going to be able to serve two masters. The scriptures tell us plainly. If we sow to the spirit, we shall reap life. But if we do the opposite, then our situation will be hopeless. I'm going to close with uh, this scripture here. And... uh, You can either be in bondage to the flesh, to sin, or you can be a servant to Almighty Yahweh. You can be in between. And, you know, Yahweh pardons those that they don't know. They're, you know, kind of on the fence. They don't know who to trust. But uh, you have to make up your mind. You know, there's a, Bob Dylan had an album and uh, he was singing religious songs and one of them, he said, uh, you're going to have to serve somebody. <laughs> you know, you either serve yourself or you're going to have to serve Almighty Yahweh. Candle both. Yahshua says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And look at what they answered him. We are the seed of Abraham and have been servants to no one at any time. How do you say you shall become free? Yahshua answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone doing sin is a servant of sin. And the servant does not stay in the house forever. A son stays forever. If then the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Hallelujah. Thanks for your attention. Every blessing of Yahshua be yours, and may Almighty Yahweh bless you.